Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. It's Seattle Overload. With your host, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast where we are here to talk about the Reese's or Reese's 2020. Reese's. Are you are Reese's? I'm Reese's, yeah. Mm. Short E. Short E. Are you a or, Nike or Nike? Or, or uh, no, no, not a short E, a silent E. Nike. Long E. You're Nike? Yeah. No. Yeah. Indeed. Are you a Nike? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, it's a Greek word, though. Don't, don't you pronounce the E, Nike? I mean, I don't know. I'm not Greek. But still, we can... Right. As the American, you are really, really wanting to pronounce words in the way that they were uh, <laughs> right. originally it's, pronounced. Yeah. It's, really, it's really important to us over here uh-huh. to do that. I understand that. I, I will be more sensitive in the future. Anyway, Nike slash Nike do manufacture the Reese's, Reese's, Reese's uh, uniforms. And we are here to review the 2023 Senior Bowl. We are going to dive into the defensive prospects that stood out from practice. We've watched a practice film. Like the video, as Taylor has. Thank you very much, Taylor. Good to see you. And here we go. So let's start with... We're really looking here at the major needs um, from Seattle's perspective on defense, not just vacancies, but more kind of areas that it was obvious that in uh, as the season progressed, they would need to upgrade and maybe able to upgrade given their vast amount of resources. Reese's resources. Nice. There we go. That's good. So let's start with outside linebacker because obviously Dowell Taylor, he wasn't quite what they were expecting at the start of the season, but he still finished with a high sack total. Ichen Nwosi seems like a very, very good number two. Probably not like the premium blue chip kind of dude, uh, but, you know, very good mid-tier ad. But adding another one of these guys would be great. However, Griffin, outside linebacker at the senior bowl at least, wasn't the best yeah it was a rough group um it they were really lacking like one guy who could be you know at least has the the obvious makings of someone that can be a a big time dude at the next level um of of the defensive ends slash like well i guess edges we should group them together of those guys that maybe has the potential to really be like a big time player, probably be Keon White. <clears throat> the thing though with him though is that you wouldn't classify him as an outside linebacker. Um, he's a guy that could very well go in the second round. Um, maybe if he wasn't 23, 24 years old, 
and was coming out like at 21 with that same level of output, you know, maybe he could be like a fringe first kind of player. He certainly has the traits for it and, and skill and everything. Um, but then with him, you know, he's like 275, 280, if not 285. So can you play him an outside linebacker? If, if, uh, you know, he's there in the third round, somehow he falls, then you're you know, looking at that draft value, then for Seattle's purposes, then sure, go ahead and, and take a guy. And then that just means you're going to, you're just going to have to play around with where he plays. Um, and you can't play him as much as you'd like, or you might need to accommodate him a little bit schematically and do some things overall on defense you probably don't want to do too much in. But again, third round, you know, that's where you're willing to kind of take those plunges you wouldn't want to do that with a first round player or a second round player unless they were just so good it's it was worth bending your scheme so it was it's a tricky draft or a tricky senior bowl roster in that sense yeah and you've sort of hinted at your views of the whole uh draft as well in that after a will anderson there isn't necessarily a an outside linebacker who's you know Right. Who I've taken in your view. Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a rough draft in that sense in terms of like the classic sub two sixty guys. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that's important, I guess, to talk about. Um when we talk about the outside linebacker types, the ideal one would be I mean it's got lighter and lighter, but well, to a degree, but it would be kind of 250, 260 pounds, but sub. Um, but also they just need to win with speed rush, get off and be able to drop into coverage a bit. And they ideally have over 33 inch long arms. The uh, the, the big player, of course, in the, in that kind of mold, although he was sli- he is slightly light, was Iowa State's Will McDonald the fourth, who you very early on when I was like, Griff, tell me what pass rushes. To watch. Yeah, yeah. As a pass rusher, I mean, he 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 is intriguing. I mean, he's uh like all the get off is very high end. The bend is probably elite. Um, you know, like the the agility and all that stuff. Um, he actually has pretty active hands. The the, the main thing though with him, whenever you're talking about Will McDonald's, that the guy's like 235 pounds. So he's incredibly long too. Um, and he's so flexible that he's able to like win the edge with speed and then, you know, preempt having contact issues by just dropping his pads and, and, and bending underneath guys and, and being flexible like that. Um, uh, offensive tackles just can't get their hands on him. So, I mean, he makes it work for himself and he has active hands. Like he will, if he doesn't win with speed, he will throw hands and try to win and get into a favorable position and can bend under a table and, and, uh, and and still produce um like and like for for his size he actually plays a lot bigger than his weight but he you're still talking about a guy like like if he's 235 he might play like a 245 pounder but uh you know he's still gonna get knocked around a lot so i feel like you know for that reason alone you can't really draft him in the first two rounds he has to be a third rounder he probably goes in the fourth round in all honesty um but really because like, the I one thing so. with him is uh well what helps him play slightly bigger is the fact that he has 35 inch long arms but yeah, and then the other thing is i think he was uh on bruce feldman's freaks list and 
I think he'll test really well, which probably, despite the fact he's tape-wise, probably third, fourth-round player, that probably maybe boosts him up to second round, especially with how the rest of the class is shaping up. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. The, the, that's that's a good point with the depth of the class being so poor. He it might shoot him up. Um, also, like you said, with his length and general frame, NFL teams might think they can easily pack weight on him. Um, you know, he might be one of those guys that's just so skinny. He doesn't really. Uh, that's that's his body type. But I don't know. Um, it would be cool if he could put on 10, 15 pounds and then see what's there. He should still have plenty of explosiveness. I mean, I really like him as an edge rusher. Like, yeah, it's an interesting one that as well but with packing on pounds because at Iowa State he played quite a bit inside, right? Like a kind of yeah. in that weird. Well, not they have weird, that weird scheme, yeah. Yeah, if, if, uh, like a as uh, a four eye right. technique. Yeah, four technique on the head up of a tackle. Uh, so he's playing kind of inside. You'd think he'd have bulked up slightly more if he was going to, but then also maybe the arm length and the fact that he had get-off meant he didn't need to. But I kind of would get the idea that he can't really bulk up because, I mean, may maybe we see him come into the combine at like 250 and that and he runs faster, and then that, that could change some mind. That but, would, yeah. Um, at, at, at the senior bowl, like the... You know, his inside move was really catching eyes and his spin move and his length was causing guys some issues in the one-on-one -on -one drills, but yeah. And the thing with the thing with those one-on-one -on -one drills though is that like inside moves are kind of fake. Just yeah, they, you're on they an should island. yeah, they should win. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's impossible for the tackle really, the offensive tackle. But but yeah, I mean I th I thought he he did play well and um in the practices and the drills and stuff. I mean, he was, he was definitely one of the edges that was making the most noise. So along with, uh, uh, Keon white. So, um, you yeah, know, so, think... go ahead. And well, you keep mentioning Keon white. So what is he exactly? Cause I, I went into this thinking he was more of a, um, a kind of a interior defensive line. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're like, you're, you think he could live a bit on the edge, or is that because he's kind of like a, a four-three end where, like in nickel, if Seattle's going to run two-four-five looks, he he'd be like the D end there, not a three tech. Right. I mean, you know, every every edge rusher that is two eighty or whatever, you'd like to think of as a Michael Bennett type, but honestly, he's less of a big end and more of an end that is big. As in, you can't play him a three technique or four a lot on early downs he's more of a nickel flex a guy that you can put all over the line in passing downs so he's gap versatile in that sense but he's not a three down gap versatile guy like he needs to be on the edge that said because he is bigger like you said when they play two four five he can be the outside linebacker in that where he's locked to the line of scrimmage and actually make a difference for uh versus the run there in those contexts but then as you weave in and out of all, all your calls do you want him playing you know, outside linebacker a lot, you know, you're going to have to see him in coverage. I mean, my view really is that if they could do that with Carlos Dunlap, it would not really affect the defense that negatively. If Keon White, in their view, is a good enough overall player, then they can stomach dropping him three to five times a game if it means getting all those other reps as a pass rusher and, and a run defense on the outside. So, <laughs> um, but but overall, I mean, I think he's – I, I just think he's a 280, 280 pound classic 
edge defensive end. Um, so yeah, I don't think he can play inside Re really. Um, cause I mean, some of his run reps, I mean, he was getting dug out when they had him playing three technique. It's just not where he needs to be. He needs to be on the outside. Yeah. That stood out to me just across the board. Like I, I was, this was your assignment. So I, I didn't pay as much of attention, but the lighter guys, the technique that they're using on the inside, probably because you know they haven't played in a defense where they're they're asked to play five tech or three tech and essentially step into the guy in front of them keep them off the linebacker behind right but their technique was like it was a shambles like it was really bad um yeah and so that's just stuff which you know you, you factor into the evaluation you'd have to coach that up it's to be expected probably right. but yeah and just last thing on him should say he had uh 33 and 5 eighth of an inch long arms which is clearing a kind of a threshold i think 33 inches probably what they want um and before we get to the interior defensive line guys uh byron young from tennessee who had been mocked by mel kuiper with i quite like the thinking of like it's a senior bowl guy aging guy um outside linebacker type it's a Seahawky kind of vibe out of Tennessee. Uh, he only had 32 and an eighth of an inch long arms, which even if the Seahawks like him, they it's very, very, very unlike they'd have to love him to take, especially take him in the first round at uh, 20 overall. That essentially right. for me rules him out. So, and, and was he, did he pop drift or? um no okay no so no, i mean i yeah, yeah that was good for him good for him right <laughs> moving on uh, yeah go ahead <laughs> well, i was gonna say a guy a guy we haven't even mentioned who probably might be the biggest profile name is is uh fosky isaiah fosky. Ah, yes who was on the national team out of notre dame he did nothing in my opinion and i did not like his tape either Ooh. um so he did not have the the senior year that he wanted to have. Um, it's slim, man. It's real slim. Yeah, and as we were saying in the uh, as we were saying in the pre-show, the offensive line they were playing against was pretty good, and we'll, we yeah. will have an offense episode where we're talking about uh, the offense. Still, you would have liked to see more stuff. What was uh, Andre Carter like out of Army? So is he actually was saying he was light, but is that? Uh, and I know that Army has like a, a weight, um, right? Uh, some some weightlifting restrictions because they're training for the Army, not necessarily football. Mm -hmm. And so his lower body's qu quite thin. Yeah, but... I mean, he, he's legit unplayable against okay. the run like he's a mess so and so okay. like the, the, the thing i feel so cruel saying that but like the thing though is that he actually did some things as a pass rusher like much more than foskey did and they're like similar concepts right uh so like yeah i mean he, he actually got after it but then anytime like in the in the team practices and stuff they went under center he was just getting tossed like just blown off the ball so if you're talking about a guy that can only really give you anything on third down that i would just rather go the will mcdonald route 
Like I'd rather get, if I'm looking for a depth pass rusher, just give me Will McDonald. So like, I don't, I don't want to play with, cause he's probably better. He's, he is much better in coverage than Andre Carter. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe Carter can put on 30 pounds in or 20 pounds, you know, but I just watching some of these plays, I was like, the NFL probably doesn't even want to draft him. It's really bad. Um, okay. Well, yeah. so should we should we go to before we start beating up on prospects who didn't uh, who didn't shine in the way that we m- may have hoped? Shall we go to interior defensive line, or so that you're not doing you're not exhausting your enthusiasm? Shall we shall we zigzag to the sure. the inside linebackers? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, Maddie, what'd you see there? Okay, well. Because I'm lazy, you can look at what the Seahawks are probably looking for from an inside linebacker and use your brain and sort of do a bit of work. And inside linebacker is a position where it's been getting lighter and lighter and gone are the days of everyone turning up and then being 245 pounds or heavier and still being able to run fast. Uh, it's, It's a different position. But... When I went through the measurements, uh, Diane Henley out of Washington State at basically six foot one, 230 pounds with 33 inch long arms was an intriguing guy. Hmm. He was on the national team. He was wearing number one. And he was really, really good. Now... Not quite like a, not quite like a day one pick, but mm. I was surprised I hadn't heard more about him. Now, what I think limits him from being a day one pick is, well, he'll turn twenty four in November, which you know, age is still you have to factor that sort of thing in. He previously played at Nevada and was a wide receiver, which really. Showed, for the, his first two seasons, which shows up in his coverage, where in one-on-one drills and stuff, he he, I think he let up one catch the whole game, but he was getting constant pass breakups. His length was winning. He was re- super patient. And how it works in the one-on-one drills is the first day the running backs they just run like flat routes. Uh, the second day they change it up a bit and or over the middle routes. The second day they change it up and they. They introduced like a wheel route and more vertical stems and they introduced like a sail route out of the backfield as well. And then the third day, they introduced kind of option angle routes or out routes along with all of the over stuff. And he was just brilliant all three days. But the receiver background also, like in his, when he when he's getting drops, occasionally he's slow to like click and close, uh, burst out of his, shuffle because his feet are a bit kind of skew with but he can run kind of but i'm not sure it's like a 4-4 type speed yeah again you you know jordan brooks was an incredibly rare prospect especially sort of with hindsight in terms of how he tested and then his tape but henley like getting downhill because the knock on him I, you know, I did a bit of background research. The knock on him was that there were issues fitting the run. 
and mm-hmm. they're kind of like you know taking on blocks and and just getting lost in in traffic getting lost lost in the piles but he was flawless like they go through in the senior bowl they go through uh two back like um you know how you fit the fullback like are you you know are you turning him back are you running through mm-hmm. him are you in an inside out player an outside in player in under kind of fits are you gonna um yeah how do you fall back with y off if y off goes across the formation yeah. uh, how do you fall back your gap he was brilliant in stuff like that and he was just so instinctive getting downhill really sudden uh for instance, a five tech threw a tackle in his lap on like a counter to the tight end in uh, an eye formation look. And he, yeah. in in the short areas, he's very, very sudden. And he was able to quickly recognize, swim over the top of that tight end. And he slips blocks in a very effective fashion. And I don't know, maybe it's because he's wearing number one, but. I did get like Jordan Brooks back. light vibes, very light vibes, but the way he gets downhill and gets after it and yeah. he was let down by poor play around him. And just, you know, these guys have not played together before. They're right. running a very basic defense and they're installing it while also trying to show off their skills, but still like very cool. And, um, um, and I can't wait to watch his Washington state tape where I think he was a bit of a playmaker as well. But it's, I, his best football, I think, it, you know, there's no reason it won't come at the next level. And the final thing with him is, as a rusher, I mean, his length caused issues and a lot of these running backs in the past pro drills, which are very disadvantageous for them, they're probably inexperienced. But he showed a bit as a rusher, not only like as a guy walking up into the A-gap, but as a guy down at line of scrimmage as an outside linebacker. Uh, again, a bit like Brooks did. Um, but, like, you know, if you're going to put him down as the fifth guy on the edge, get him lined up for running back, he had some stuff like push-pull move, uh, club swim move, uh, quickness. Le- the length is obviously the big the big draw there. And, uh, yeah, he kind of knew what he was doing. So, and, and just, he's a football player, man. Like, yeah. he, he used to play quarterback, a, as, I think, before. He's just a natural fact that he p- picks up i mean it probably speaks to why the transition was so smooth for him that he picked it up that quickly now it is a little jarring to see that he has six years of college yes um on his resume but but 24 but, is 24 <clears throat> in november so he's still young so yeah for, for as as six-year college students go yeah yes yes um yeah that that's uh that, that's interesting he definitely has the uh he has the, the density and length check marks and then like all the other things you mentioned question did you see much um like under center play action yes and he was he was fine in his pickups but there's an element of like you know how much they're cheating that and right. they've probably been given the two under center play action route pickups that they need and like, i'm not sure how fast he is over a long distance like it's not slow but it's not going to be like four yeah. or five speed so yeah but in terms of like a, a mid-round depth pick where also, you you know, it depends what you do with Cody Barton. I think we agree they should resign him because the cost will be worth doing. But, mm-hmm. and you have to with Brooks's injury and having some veteran presence there would be handy. And he's not as bad as a lot of people think. Uh, he's actually good. But anyway, uh, but Henley, I think, would, would be that kind of, he'd be a massive upgrade on your existing depth. And, 
yeah, I have to see how he tests. I need to watch the Washington State tape, but I'm definitely in, intrigued to do that. And right. yeah, because because if he doesn't test well, then the, you're like, well, what's the upside here? Because he's old and he's not that fast. But if if, yeah, the, he, if the shuttle he, and cone is there, then I, I suspect the cone is with the receiver background. Yeah, he he found the ball. The issue with the the his like short area stuff was just occasionally like his his feet are like um, they're just not planting in the ground in in like a you know someone who'd played linebacker for longer would you know he's he's sure. sort of stalling and it's inefficient moments in his footwork, which even showed up in like the indies. So mm. I don't know if, if you can correct that or not, but yeah, a, a cool story. And uh, yeah, I will be watching him more and keeping an eye on him. But the, these guys exist out in the draft and, and because uh, I, I know it's not like, well, Sewell is like the number one inside linebacker. Is that correct? Uh, it depends on who you ask, but there's oh. Sewell, Simpson, and then um, oh yeah, Simpson. Who, who, who's that guy that transferred from Alabama to uh, what's that? Sanders, Drew Sanders. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people really like him. Now, the interesting question with him though is: is he actually an edge rusher? Um, he's kind of an he's kind of an Anthony Barr conundrum. There you um, go. in terms of like, is he a edge or is he an off-ball linebacker um but did, did any other off-ball backers uh catcher capture your um intrigue from a seahawks perspective and this is famous last words i would say not yeah i i'd need to watch I mean, Isaiah Land from Florida A&M, I need to watch a bit more of. He'd be like a... Like they might view that as like a KJ Wright-style thing where he's tall and... Yeah. But he has short arms. Yeah. Now, all right, well, one thing that's, that's interesting about Will McDonald is that some people have floated the idea of him being a permanent off-ball guy. Yeah, because um, it's, it's, it's a discussion, isn't it? Like, where do you play him? And then... The, I don't know if he has the density for it. It's weird. I mean, he is an impressive athlete. I mean, permanent seems extreme, right? But I get what you're saying in terms of like, like his starting, like he could play more football by being an off-ball guy who then comes down on the line of scrimmage yeah. in certain packages. But like, right? The, the, right, but there's so little precedence for that, like actually working out in the NFL, like where they're impact players, you know? Yeah, the... the um we're not quite there yet with the NFL where they have a, a like a a tight front package where the fourth rusher is the inside linebacker and the, right. the both the outside guys one's a nickel and it's like and the other one is dropping we're not quite there yet yeah yeah will we ever right. get there probably not the run's coming back it, exactly so it's coming, it's, it came back this past year too late it's been and done when when you're when when enough teams run games are are exceeding the efficiency of their quick game, the run's coming back. Unbucket the passing game. Anyway, 
Unbucketed. Right. Okay. Let's go to your interior defensive line. All right. So for the interior guys of like the true big ends and like the true like, you know, three techniques and like nose tackles. So like Seattle's 3-4 scheme, if we're talking their base defense, you know, the 3-4M are really just talking like three techniques for the most part. And if you're a good three technique, you can play four eye. You can play four at a pinch, right? Like that's like, what we thought they had a lot of last year. <laughs> right, right. And lo and behold, when they played said three four, they they looked all right. Um, but but like more to the point, like Tony McDaniel, like envision Tony McDaniel and then Puna Ford envision or picture Puna Ford. Like those two guys are on the opposite ends of the composition spectrum and they both played the same position in seattle's defense and both are good players or decent you know did their job right for the most part um so like that right there is just if you can find a good player they fit we don't need to worry too much about fit but so of the senior bowl guys like none of these guys are first rounders but there's a lot of quality like second third fourth rounder types guys that can that can play snaps and are like solid dudes and I'll, I'll just list them off before I get into them in more detail. But of like the true three techniques, you've got like Keanu Benton and Byron Young. Um, and then they, they not a true like classic, like Al Woods or Brian Monet type of nose tackle, but then more of a classic one technique if they played their, you know, their 4-3 over under fronts of old. Um, Nesta Jade Silvera, I thought he was pretty interesting. Um, he could... I mean, he could still play zero, like in, when they play like base bear, but he could also play some three. Um, I thought th- those guys were, were pretty interesting, especially Keanu Benton. Um, and then like of the big ends, guys that you could play three technique with, and um, you know maybe they could play outside in the two four five if you wanted. You can move around with them. Um, Carl Brooks stood out, um, and then another guy that stood out that I had no prior knowledge of. Uh, was Adeto Miwa Adabore. Um, he, uh, that guy can rush. He, he can rush from three technique. He's like 6'1", 290. He's pretty interesting. Um, he, yes, that's what I wanted to hear about. Yeah, so he's he's pretty interesting. Now, like, I don't know. I mean, he did okay against the run. There, a lot of his reps, from what I was able to see, like weren't really informative. But nothing like stood out as particularly bad. Yeah, I was hoping that there'd be more. I like, again, I wasn't watching as in much detail as you, but like, I was hoping he'd get more looks against, like, you know, say like a five tech even against, yeah. like, or or just three tech, but against like I form run game. But he seemed to mainly be in when it was nickel four down kind of looks where they kind of knew they're getting past, which helped. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was where he really got to showcase it. Um, uh, Nesta Jade Silvera. I mean, he's just he's good against the run. He can. He can handle combos and zone. So it's interesting you mentioned Jay Silvera and 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 Brooks because both of them had under thirty three inch arms apparently. Interesting. Which, interesting. Which again, yeah. if they're impressing with that, it shows they've got um they're pretty toolsy. Not to belabor the arm length point. But. Right. Well, I mean, so with Nesta Jay, I mean, like he he's all like he starts with like technique and everything and like low pad level um he understands blocking schemes because he was pretty quick to like read pullers and understand 
like how to play the the backside comboer, you know, on, on zone stuff, like you know, the uh the pressure key and all that. Um, like he knew how to he knew how to like reduce against uh those combos and doubles and stuff, how to get free again. Um, he got in the backfield a little bit. Now he actually has a decent bull rush, he moves pretty well. And like and for this practice, and I'm sure on his college tape that showed up a little bit as a pass rusher, but I don't think that translates toward actually getting pressure in the NFL. But what I think those things do translate to is his ability to get off blocks and run the ball down, which is really important, like actually be able to make tackles in the hole and like get free when you need to. Um, I feel like that will actually translate for his run defense um, more than Yeah, just think about like when Seattle's run defense was so good in 2021, a lot of the tackles were guys getting free, a D-line and cleaning up. Right. So he's got that going for him, although maybe the arm length will give me some pause. But he's a player, like, if they take in the fourth round and he could be there in the fourth round, like, okay, yeah. All right, he's, he's a guy, rotational guy um, that can play the run. Um, now, the most exciting guy of all these, well, let me mention Byron Young. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. Out um, of Alabama. Yeah, the, the Alabama guy. He's, like, a legit 300 pounds, like 6'3", 300. Um, he can play a little bit of, like, big end, too. And this, I mean, really, we're talking like three technique, but you can put him at four eye and he's. Which he's, he's done at Alabama. Right, right. So he's really athletic. He can scrape over blocks or like cross face when you need to, which is really important to that side. But then if you put him like on the weak side of the formation, he could be legit three tech rusher. Um, mm. I don't he think has- he's like elite against the run, though. But like he, he's just, he can play, though. He had 34 in charm, so. Yeah, so he 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 probably checks a lot of boxes if they want a guy that can be a little versatile for them. But then I think the best player of the bunch was uh, Keanu Benton, um, Wisconsin. I mean, he's just a good football player. He can legit rush the passer. He can play one technique, three technique. Um, in this case, when we talk one technique, we really mean zero now. So he can play that as well. Um, but I think he can be a three-down player in the NFL, not at that you know, first, second, or even third rung. You know, we're talking top 10, 12 defensive tackles in the league, but I feel like he can be kind of, you know, kind of like in terms of output production, like Puna Ford at his best kind of player. Uh, maybe because he he hits the size profile, maybe that naturally bumps up his potential even more. So, like, he could be a second-round player, I think. Keanu Benton could. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And then and then Carl Brooks, lastly, he impressed a little bit too. Um I didn't really like his run defense. I feel like he plays too high, but he gets he gets he's really uh, penet- short arms. Yeah, he gets penetrative though. So, like he and like he's oh, yeah. up in pass I, rush. I, I saw him like penetrating. Fake, I feel like it's fake because a lot of the so a lot of the times he was just he was just uh, cheating the, the the blocking scheme. Like he, yeah, he, or he like, knows what's going on. Good for him. He, yeah, and they the the offense in a position where they can't adjust their zone call for that at, mm-hmm. like in the senior ball practice yeah. they're so limited so he's like a smart savvy guy who's quick but i don't know if i would go that direction with him you know he's got to go in the fourth round or, or lower um so we did we only briefly touched on so, adabo Ware. um so he just gets after as an as a three technique yeah I mean, heavy so- hands Heavy, heavy hands. You know who he reminds me of? Now, I was shocked that he was only 6'1". I thought he was 6'3". Well, he, s- s- here, Griff, 6'1", 5'8", of an inch. So 
Okay. He's so, kind of so halfway there. So on his on his Tinder profile, he's six two, is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> um uh, so he reminds me of if Rasheem Green was a little quicker footed in terms of how he rushes, like wide arc three technique rusher, get up field and corner. Uh, yeah, he's he, I need the way he uses his hands. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But he's just like a, like if because Rasheem just needed slightly quicker feet to fully take advantage of everything he's got going for him. Um, so that's and he him. was really understanding. Like if he was to the this the one on one sides or yeah. the away from the center slide, uh, and if he was the a gap push player, he'd get from three tech and drive through the center, like actually bully the heck yeah. out of the center. He'd try and take his shot. Um, that yeah, was really he's- cool. He's got play strength, so he's he's an interesting guy. Um, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't dislike taking him like early day three or late day two, you know. Mm, and I think he'll test well. Right, uh, but I think if there's a guy this on the D line, or there be two of them across all all the spots, it'd be Keon White and Keanu Benton probably. Okay. Nice. Yep. So. Not the not the best draft unless Seattle gets lucky to in terms of the senior bowl and, and, and well have you have you had a chance to delve into the interior defensive line class other than senior bowl guys? Uh a, a little bit. There are I mean it's it's a good it's a good like mid round defensive line interior class like there will be guys that there's going to be a guy taken in the third round that ends up being a good player for someone Mm -hmm. you know like it's going to be that kind of draft um yeah yeah. and i I guess we kind of thought aside from seattle obviously needing a bit more of a more pass rush which how familiar is that but we felt the talent wise they had fair bit on the interior of the defensive line it was more an issue of some other things that <laughs> became a thing and a lot of other people said that they projected seattle's interior defense line to be better than it ended up being last year right and the thing though is because they don't have like they don't have like perf- i mean like their problem is like cap right now, so they're gonna have make have to make some cap cuts. Yeah, one of the one of the current ones like uh, a Shelby Harris, a Quinton Jefferson, or and what you do with Pina Ford. One one of those three may have to go. Yeah, yeah, and like with Elwood's aging and Brian Monet's injury, like I don't feel like they're in a rush to replace these guys because of play, but because of just like natural turnover factors. Um, so one of these guys, you know, they might get their name called by the Seahawks um, come draft day. There you go. So. Okay. So the, I think that's in the chat. Don't be afraid to to ask about players and uh, and share your thoughts. And, um, yeah, ask about certain positions. But I think that's the major needs addressed, you know. Outside linebacker. Interior defense line, sneaky need, as we've just said. And then inside linebacker, it, it would have been nice if they'd been proactive last year. But I think Henley is there's something there if they wanted to get like a mid round guy. This was fairly mid round feeling though from the from the the defense of the senior bowl this year. 
which sometimes that happens. Yeah, really I mean the, the 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 strength of the Senior Bowl is probably the offensive line, especially on the interior. Yeah, there there are guards and centers there that are good good football players. Yeah. Um. So th- that said, it's surprising they didn't just draft like Channing Tindall, you know, last year, like third round. Like, why not? You know. Um. That feels super. Like a because kind of thing. it it was it was a rich like it was a decent inside linebacker draft last year, and they clearly were you know bit like it's like hey we're we're all in on Cody, and we're all in on Jordan but like I with, don't know why they weren't a bit more proactive like right because you you're, you're you're just getting ahead of possibilities and like you can just straight up pick the player because you like the player by the time you're in the third round you know because um, yeah. because even even if Cody works out. He's only has he only had one year left on his deal, and I think he did work out like like you hinted at early on, like and especially because the will in the scheme is not a high snap player, you know, he's his market can't be more than five million anyway. But still, it's like it's like you know you you could have gotten one of these guys even if you view him, view him as a project, but whatever. Yeah. So. What is less of a need, but is also a position on defense, is cornerback. And I did look at the nickels and the kind of safeties to see who would who would go inside. And I, I don't think in, for Seattle's defense is quite there. But in terms of the outside cornerbacks, and you think, okay, well, that's probably not that big a need, but it wouldn't hurt to address depth in a way. And... Trey Brown remains to be seen what you've got there. I think they probably feel their set, but Mike Jackson, you know, he did he did a good job at left corner, but maybe you'd want to push him. Also behind Tariq Woolen, who do you have? Well, no one really, but mm, anyway, the it wouldn't hurt to address this position. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of intriguing kind of profiles. So the national team had shorter armed types, but as shown with Trey Brown and with DJ Reed, and with kind of how they're approaching the left corner position and just, I think also the way the coverages that they're running now and the techniques they're using, they're not opposed to to running stuff and uh, sorry, deploying players with the shorter arms. They've got like a established smaller cornerback mold. So the fact that all these guys had under 32 inch arms isn't as big a deal as it used to be. In fact, it could be a uh, seen as a a reason to to go and get them as kind of like a mirror. So Makai Blackman out of USC. He mm-hmm. was the most patient guy at the line of scrimmage out of this group. However, athletically, uh, as in press, I'm talking about, but athletics-wise, he, I, I'm not sure how much juice he has in terms of speed. And then the other guy who stood out, and they all made plays um, to their credit. But the other guy who stood out was Riley Moss from Iowa. In terms of burst and twitch and he's a white cornerback which is obviously an unfamiliar thing but like there was talk i heard of him maybe moving to safety that does not seem like it should happen but in terms of press like 
that he's a work in progress. He also only has 33 eighths of an inch long arms. But in off coverage and just his ability to kind of uh, break to the Inca and, and accelerate downhill, there's something there. It's like a, a day three pick. He, he mm. should probably test well as well. But he seemed like the most bursty, which if you're getting a small corner, the reason to do that would be the ability to, in off coverage, stay, stay with those kind of um, dig roots from bail technique, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, accelerate down to the comeback. Um, think kind of what Trey Brown was coming out. Yeah. yeah. Now, the American roster had every single cornerback with arms over 32 inches and a bunch of, you know, six foot two, six foot one, six foot three guys. And the immediate standout was Julius Brents from Kansas State, who's six three. 33 and three quarter inch long arms with an 82 and seven eighth of an inch wingspan. This guy is huge. And he, in the release drills where they just have the wide receivers run at the, the cornerbacks, he was very, very patient. And, and, and what I mean by patient is it, it doesn't matter what technique you're using. It's you keeping your hips square until the receiver is properly declared. So you could be inching off of the line of scrimmage, but until the receiver releases, you're still inching off. You could be soft shooting, but until the receiver actually picks a side properly, you're staying square. And Brent was the one who was doing that the best. Mm. When it came into like one-on-ones and stuff like that, he was uh, inching off the line of scrimmage a bit. So taking a few steps back, popping back off the line of scrimmage. But, there are also reps where he got hands on people and stayed in there. And that is where it's super exciting to see like him deploy his length and his aggression. He actually wanted to go hit guys. He was like visibly competitive out there. He is someone I, 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 I didn't know anything about this cornerback class coming in. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think he'll run that fast, but honestly he's so long and, and big and, and aggressive that you wouldn't need him to. Someone who will run well is uh, Tyreek Stevenson, who I think was the like consensus one, like best guy there mm-hmm. for, from people in the industry, the industry out of Miami. But uh, like, technique-wise, I was less impressed with him, especially in press. Um, but it's clear to me that he was like the best mover there. And so, you know, maybe... Is he that... like a, a second rounder to you? I have no idea, but yeah, like you got to watch instance, more guys. Daniel Jeremiah has him in his top fifty players, so mm. that okay. gives you an idea of where he's meant to go. But I, and, and... I personally wouldn't. I don't think I'd be surprised if the Seahawks took him. Yeah, like, and then the the other guy who was impressive was Darius Rush out of South Carolina, who I, I believe he has a receiver background, uh, six foot one and a half. Uh, 32 and three quarter inch long arms. He was just cheating kind of the one on ones and undercutting routes and running routes for receivers, which like you got to respect it. And uh, mm-hmm. he wasn't wrong, so uh, yeah. he was he was pretty good in press as well. Uh, not not I'm not as big a fan of him as Brent's in press, I mean, and also he doesn't have that length, but like it just in terms of the patience as well, it wasn't quite as good, but it's still there. and he was uh, using a variety of press techniques, little uh, mixing up well at the line of scrimmage and causing receivers issues. 
and had a few picks as well from from undercutting the ball. So that that was cool to see. So yeah. an interesting group again. Not anyone I think. Okay, we got we got to get this guy yeah. round one or two. I don't know where Brent is projected to go. I, I but again, I don't think he'll like. It wouldn't shock me if he ran a four or five. You know, right? But like that doesn't really matter for his profile. Right, but right. um, it's also that interesting thing of if Seattle is to take cornerback, do they take a smaller guy or take a big guy? Because right. if you think if you're confident about Trey Brown, it you almost take a a, a bigger type. Um, mm-hmm. I also need to look at Mike Jackson's measurements and what kind of prospects he was coming out because he's almost an in between. Right, right. I mean, and like they need to they need to put bodies on on the the depth of their roster now because Burns and Jones won't be there headed into camp. Yes, yes. It's gonna be it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be Tariq, Mike Jackson, and Brown really on the outside with um, Isaiah Dunn probably being a factor. Maybe another guy I'm forgetting, but like they're, they're gonna they're gonna you know shoot their shot on day three with these guys. So with some of them anyway, maybe day two. Um, I mean, like for all we know that they could surprise us, you know, with with the new coaching staff and maybe you know trying to continue to lean into the scheme they might you know focus day one even and totally shock us you know early day two right but they are also going to continue to go through their regular channels here because i mean they're uh, Tariq Wall and kobe bryant you know we're day two and day three picks right so yeah and i don't know we, we can sort of learn a bit from last year and the fact that they took uh, Tariq Woolen, which was them really getting back to the essence of cornerback drafting, which was can the guy move? Like, can he can he run? Like, because ultimately yeah. the first thing you look for from a corner is uh, in an ideal world their movement skills, right? And yeah. the NFL is a right. world where they can they can prioritize that. Obviously, right. Woolen had crazy length as well, but they were linked with um, in the pre-draft process. They were linked with that. Um, Baylor, the Baylor uh, guy, yeah, corner who I forget the name, but he tested great and was kind of like in that nickel mold. Probably their Kobe Bryant alternative. Mm-hmm. Did he? He probably went before Bryant as well. I, I think he did. So he Bryant was probably the next one down on the on the on the ladder. But the point being, maybe they're back to more just picking the best kind of movers and groovers who are like ultra competitive, which like out of this group in like a day three scenario, that might be Riley Moss. Um, Interesting. Interesting. But with the, yeah, but then he's got like some of the shortest arms, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he is over six foot on his uh, tin. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. Tall, relatively tall, but, but shorter arms though. Yeah. Um, but he has the feet. You, you're you're thinking though. Well, he's he's just bursty, and he yeah. he's good enough coverage. Um, yeah. But uh, there was a distinct lack of burst. Uh, and you know what else didn't help? You you'd like to see the burst from guys like breaking on the ball, like coming down to the to check down. Doesn't help when the quarterbacks don't throw the ball, um, even when like you know. The drill is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Throw the ball, right? And right. the quarterback play was 
particularly bad this year. It's a shame that Hennen Hooker, it, uh, obviously, he's still recovering from his ACL injury. Yeah. I'd like to see him out there, but man, that hurts to practice when the quarterback plays like that. Uh, so, mm -hmm. right. Right. Yeah, but the the guys I liked, Makai Blackman out of USC, uh, and then Julius Brents out of Kansas State. Darius Rush, I I feel like he's gonna he'll be like a round two pick after after testing. Gotcha. Um, quickly, what did you or as long as you want? What did you think about the safeties? <clears throat> <laughs> uh jl skinner was yeah. uh uh like they just like didn't know what he was doing yeah. uh in in man to man which like why would he he's also going up against receivers for quite a bit of it but he just didn't know what he's doing that he had one rep where he just like decleated a, a tight end uh at the stem uh which is like <laughs> okay that that's probably your game though it wouldn't work in the nfl really yeah. Uh, there, there was a guy out of um, the the guy out of Illinois, um, Sydney Brown. Yeah, thirty. Yeah. He um, he's true ball coach. So I I want to hear what you you want to say about him, but he was like locking up receivers in uh, in the one on ones and playing with really good technique and very very calm and just yeah. playing ball you know so kind yeah. of a that was like a kind of a nickel guy but i was like no matthew this is not a nickel like this is just a toolsy kind of safety i yeah. don't know well so i i had the same general impression i was like okay who's this guy and i looked him up okay sydney brown and then when i pulled up the senior bowl roster i'm like okay, he's moving like that at 510 but pushing 215 like th that's a really good density to have those kind of movement skills and kind of grace. so so that kind of just makes him intriguing in general I, I didn't get to see if he can hit or not so i need to actually watch him more in depth well um, i believe the take on him is that he was not he was never really playing out in this kind of space before hmm. uh and that he was mainly just like a yeah, he, he didn't get these kind of glitzy man coverage or or like even like playing in a deep half or post uh, assignments. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other two names that kind of, well, three names really, and I didn't get to key in on, on them. Um, I thought Jamie, Ro Jamie Robinson out of Florida State, I think he's just like a really clean football player. Like in general, kind of like jack of all trades, perhaps master and none. But I think he's a quality safety. And like it's the safety position in the NFL is such that if you're super assignment correct, you can be a really good player without having obscene traits. Right. Um, but but then quickly the other two like obvious names were like Demarco Hellams out of Alabama. That guy can run and hit. And then Christopher Smith, Georgia, super rangy, but then he can't really tackle like at all. But I, don't know, I was curious. What, what did you think of those three? If you noticed anything from them? Yeah, that I think I didn't really get a chance to watch. But whenever I was watching, I mean, yeah, they they were they were mainly the ones popping out. But yeah, Sydney Brown, that's uh, that's the guy. I'm, but and also we should say the safety position for the Seahawks is like one where. 
it's like a you'd like some depth. It, the, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I think third, and they fourth have picks, might like, be the spot to do it. But if they want to go higher, they can. Um, like I, like I'm not opposed to them really taking safety at at any slot except for five. You know, like fine if they really like a guy, okay, because. Quandre Diggs isn't a spring chicken, and I don't know what Jamal Adams' injury slash contract situation is. You know, right? Um, so, yeah, and Adams is also just a complete like unknown in terms of that recovery. Sounds absolutely brutal. Like you know, you'd back him to be able to do it, but yeah, that that just does not sound great. Yeah. Um, so as we approach further and further into draft season, or as we dive further and further farther and farther into draft season mm -hmm. um, the safeties i'm going to really get into because i feel like like there's going to be a good player in the second or third round i wanted to see a bit out of um i i, I didn't really see much from the safeties it's always tough at the senior bowl because it's like yeah it's... i mean even with the corners it's dependent on if the ball gets thrown their way sometimes but the safeties it really like especially with crap quarterbacks you're kind of just looking at them, you know, if they're playing in the post, just like, and it's a crap quarterback. Do they have functional yeah. range? and Yeah, yeah, there's not much to, you can glean from that. Um, you, you can kind of tell, like when they play the, uh, like uh, when they play quarters, um, you kind of just see like how efficient they are with their footwork and stuff and how they can right. close but they But they don't play the, the, they don't play quarters at the senior bowl. Right. Well, yeah. you get a little bit of it in the practices. You do? Yeah. V I feel it's all covered too. <laughs> well, I feel I feel like I saw I mean I was watching D line, but I felt like I saw them like inside <laughs> foot up. Yeah, you, it's classic D line slot. brain. This is I swear you, I saw one of these big oafs in the trenches. I know it. May, you know what? Maybe I'm mistaking from when I've actually seen them playing like actual for their team, like their actual tape. I'm, yes. Now I'm wondering it. if I'm confl like conflating memories and stuff. Oh no, I've um, I've, I've gaslit you. Um, I think I gaslit myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's messed up. I swear I saw quarters. I had to. I have to be thinking of something else. Oh, oh dear. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed with Skinner, but then. Also, he didn't really get think, a chance to do any of what he was good at. So, but I, I don't think he's a player anyway. I mean, maybe he is, but he just mm -hmm. wants to take people's head off. So I don't think I don't think he's gonna. He at six four, he doesn't really fit. Like with his play he's, style, no, he no. doesn't fit. If if he did, they have Ryan Neal anyway. Yeah, and um, is it Helms out of Alabama? Yeah, yeah. Scout the player, not the helmet. But I don't know sometimes what I'm doing with Alabama safeties because they're uh, they're just so well trained and they just know so much, and it's really difficult. Um, He's really not that fast. Is kind of the problem. Yeah, and and, and that reminds me of like um, quite a few Alabama safeties coming out. You know. Right. Like they're super smart and they can tackle and they can hit um, and the, they can do a variety of coverage techniques, but they're often not very fast. 
And then it's like, what's the upside? But then is that a depth piece? Like, again, we're talking kind of mid-round, round four right. types. And, and and that's why with with that type of concept of a safety, I'd be more in on Jamie Robinson because I just feel like he's just like the best version of that. Of is those ja- guys. And it is Jamie because I, I. Oh, it's Jamie? Because uh, well, no, there's a double M. So I, I didn't know if it was Jamie. I mean, I thought look, that's a great name for a DB. Jamie? Jamie Robinson? It's always good to be Jamie. Like, like that's the kind of guy you read about 100 years from now. Like, <laughs> Jamie Robinson, the phenom. <laughs> so you see him as like a kind of post a post safety, right? Well, I, I kind of see him as like a do it all safety. Like he can ah. do, a, he can truly do a little bit of everything. He can even play a little bit of nickel in, uh, yeah, like right, in right. zone. But like, so I he's think like, digs. <laughs> maybe he's, he's like, so you watch, he's like a robot. Seriously. Like he, like he, even the angles he takes on ball, like he does like from a, like from your, like a, you as a coach and like other coaches, I bet from a coaching perspective, they're like, oh, wow, I love this guy. He's so detail oriented, but he probably will run a four five five, probably have like a seven second flat three cone. You know, he's he's five eleven, two hundred and five pounds, whatever. But he's just in the right place. He understands like quarters, like the economy of movement, like going from two to one, knowing when to overlap. Well, he played a little bit of single high, a little bit. Like he has he can go from seam to seam at least. Um, when he's in nickel, he can carry stuff, he can hit, he can get off blocks as two hundred pounders go, you know. Like, it's just a little bit of everything. Like, he's not a game changer, but he can be a really high-quality safety. Like, uh, like the perfect example is, like, the, the Broncos' safety opposite Justin Simmons is, like, a corner convert, Kareem Jackson, mm. right? He's, like, 34 years old, but he can still play football just because he knows what he's doing out there. Man, you know? you've got so, to come to – I've got to watch him. I, so, I need to rewatch the tape. I don't know how I missed that. I mean, he he may not have done much in the Senior Bowl, but <clears throat> I feel like he's a legit player. Um, like he he'll be he'll definitely be a starter in the NFL. I feel. So I he's like if, a round two, round three pick. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. We'll be back next. Uh, when, when can you do Griff? Because uh, we want to talk Senior Bowl offense, right? Yeah. Because that's the exciting stuff. Uh, we do Thursday if we want. Yeah. We'll be back on Thursday with a look at the offense from the Senior Bowl where we'll have talk on the tackles, the interior of the offensive line, the wide receivers, maybe a bit of course back talk, maybe a bit of running back talk. But we'll again do it in the same way where – We'll deal with the Seahawks' position needs first. But until then, thank you, everyone, for joining us. It's been fun after a brief hiatus. Please like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment. If you're listening, five-star review. Follow the Twitter at Seattle Overload. Follow Griff at CMikeSpinMove. Follow me at Brown. Thank you, everyone, for joining us live. We appreciate it. And, yeah. It's draft season now. We're ramping up fully on it. And we also get to talk about free agents. Gino, when he resigns, all that fun stuff. We can repeat yeah. all of our Gino talking points. Indeed. Also, we might need to talk potential coaching move if Sean decides to the Denver job or not. 
Oh yes, and we didn't even talk about the the Pro Bowl flag football drift. Like it's messed up. Oh wow. Yeah. So Gino was the star of the show, though. He was. He was. He added some dollars, and uh, yeah, yeah, we could break that tape down. Yeah, as uh, as Taylor mentioned in the chat, he was dealing at the Pro Bowl. He he's like the best seven 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 on seven quarterback in the country. Which is to say, year two from Abraham Lucas to Charles Cross. Look yeah, out. that's basically the same. There we go. Goodbye, everyone.